0: Hi friends, welcome back to another video slash episode of the James Red Podcast. Today I want to talk about gear. I have gear thoughts. And I'm interested in this idea of you have the physical realm, you have the digital realm. By the way, digital is one of the hardest words in the English language for me to say, so this could be tough. But you have both of these realms. And we as humans are tool makers. We, we design things to be able to interface with them in the best way possible. Uh, with our hands, with our brain, with our feet, with our liver. And the question is, how do we utilize both of these realms, and how do they collaborate with each other in the best way? So there were a couple of people climbing up the side of my building with a ladder earlier, which made me think of the ladder as a tool. The ladder is something that is hard to improve upon. It's pretty pretty well-rounded you can do little things here and there but until we come up with with a a pretty fantastic intense evolution as we do sometimes to tools that have already worked the ladder is a pretty well-rounded tool for getting up high so you know in uh, 1880 when the first light bulb went out someone said hey we have to we have to get up there and we have to replace that light bulb and they said "The wall's granite, because everything in eighteen eighty was all the walls were granite. It was a trend back then it was it was very strange, and we don't know why but they they said we can't get up there. we could maybe get up to the side of a wooden wall, maybe have some notches in it or whatever if it was a rock wall we you know we could climb up there with a rope, we could throw a rope around the thing, the fixture hope the fixture doesn't fall, and then we can climb up there, but they had a granite wall and um and so the ladder was invented in 1880. And they decided, we let's take vertical poles and put horizontal poles in between so that we can put our feet and our hands up there and interface with this tool to get up to the top and replace the light bulb. A car is another example of this. Hey, we need to travel 110 miles. We, we have to go retrieve, uh, I don't know, what did they do in the, what did they do back then? We have to go and we have to go pick up our daughter from dance class, and so they had to travel 110 miles. When they, you know, they had their uh their wagons and carriages, and they're like, okay, we have the wheel part down, but we have to figure out how to get there quickly. And so they said, okay, we're gonna take a, we're gonna build a, a an engine, and we're going to put it in the car. And the over here is like, what is an engine? What does that mean it's like a it's like a horse? You put a horse and like some like uh like, how do you do you feed the horse like a lot of milk and make it strong so they can travel at 70 miles per hour? Will that kill us? Can we go that fast? So they build the, the engine and everyone is amazed. Whoa, propulsion. And then the car goes across that distance in a much shorter time. Uh, people don't die from dysentery on the way there and get eaten by bears and such. It's a good thing. It's fantastic, right? Planes. We decided, okay, we got to have to go 2,000 miles. We don't want to all die in the wilderness. Let's make a way for us to get there quicker. And and uh and you know, also I have a meeting at 12 today, so we have to get there. So they, 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 you know, they build a thing to fly across the, everybody sits in a tube. We put 300 people in a tube and fly across the, and offer crackers, right? This is good. These are tools. These are great things. And they're built to interface with, you know, a pilot when he's flying. He has a thing to hold on to because we use our hands. We build tools as extensions of our, ourselves, right, in a sense, because you have your hands, which in themselves are like, you know, you have these couple of hinges and you have your fingers, you have the muscles in your arm and in your palm that move your fingers with the tendons. And and so we have mimicked that in the way that we build tools. Uh, we mimic the eye in the way that we've built cameras. And, we you know, we've learned from the way that our bodies are built to help us create create the things that we use. So... So, we have the physical realm, and so we've realized that, okay, we operate really well with levers and dials and buttons and this sort of thing. It becomes very tactile and If you think of something like a drum set, when I play drums i'm I'm using a tool that has been uh it's been almost perfected right once again, you can always do things to sort of revolutionize and move things forward and make things sound even better but the drum set as a tool is a very well-rounded tool. You hit a cymbal. symbols are beautifully crafted. They, they make no sense to me. You hit it up here, ding, 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 ding. You come down. The further down you come, it gets more washy. Shh. The harder you hit it, the louder it gets. Everywhere you hit a cymbal, everywhere you hit a snare drum, everywhere you hit a floor tom, it sounds different. They're designed to be dynamic. And our hands and our arms interface and our feet interface with them beautifully. Right? When we decide to build a drum set for the digital world, oh no, things get a little haywire. And so there's a, there, there is, you literally create better music because the drum set came, because the drum set, the physical version of that came before the digital version. That makes sense. It's very hard to build a dynamic drum set in software world. So everything is built for us to to interface with it as dynamically as possible. And if you look at a camera, you have many dials and buttons. And the, the issue that we have run into nowadays is when you have cameras that are built for people who are, aren't professionals, you end up in a situation where professionals, when they try to use that camera, it's a very frustrating process. If I try to use my RX100, for example, which is a fantastic camera for filming videos, if I try to use that to take a photo, I will uh, be very frustrated because I don't have the necessary buttons and dials at my disposal to quickly like push a button, turn a dial, change the ISO, for example, this sort of thing. But for the soccer mom or the beginner, the RX100 is a fine camera because they're not using all of those uh, dials and buttons and doodads. So you run into an issue where the menu system holds everything that you can ever do on the camera, except for take the freaking picture, and, uh, and which is which is not a lot of fun for me. The format button on my RX100 camera is on like menu four, page five. It's ridiculous. I use that button all the time, but uh, but somewhere along the line, but somewhere somewhere in the process, someone said, "Ah, with that we we'll put that over here." Most people aren't going to do that. They don't know what format means anymore, right? By the way, if you start to hear the encroaching sound of bees, that is a, a weed whacker or a um, leaf blower coming through my neighborhood. I'm not going to die from a horrible bee attack again. <clears throat> so, what is the place for digital? Well, so first off, what is it, where? Where's the difference between? Because this is an interesting. connection point the difference between my computer and my phone p we went down this road for a while where we decided hey we're going to make everything as small and as thin as humanly possible we will not stop until we have phones that are like pieces of paper that are so small that you can't even see them and we thought everything's going to be touchscreen by the year 2015 it's like we're Everything is becoming a ta- Okay, then we realized that a keyboard and a mouse is a fundamentally good thing. Maybe we shouldn't get rid of that. Still to this day, I use this just as much as I use this laptop sitting before me, and I can manipulate this thing at a faster, more dynamic, uh, a more dynamic way than I can manipulate this thing when it comes to a lot of tasks, specifically typing. This is a great typing is very much like a piano. If you put all this if you make everything too small and put it into a little touchscreen it's not it's not the same experience as if you are if you have these keys laid out in front of you which are organized and have been perfected over time to work with the size of you as a person and your fingers and all of this and the weight of the keys all of this matters, right? And um and and so, what well, you know, what's the value of having ta- tactile surfaces in computing, I, I guess, is a good question. I think that that value will, will never go away. We have found different ways to use touchscreens to work pretty well for us. And you can get away with it. Sure, nothing wrong with having a keyboard on a touchscreen. <laughs> it's fantastic. But... I fear we will miss out on something if we decide to go way too far into the digital realm. Also, another thing is that space and bigness matters a lot. Uh, we we're, we want to make this thing smaller and smaller. Well, for a while we did, and then we decided let's turn around and make it a little bit bigger because having a bigger screen is actually a good thing. Even if it means that it doesn't fit in your pocket as nicely as uh, as a smaller phone would – Let's offer the smaller one, but it seems like everybody wants the bigger one because we all realized big screens are a good thing. Uh, having lots of real estate on your screen is, is is a good idea, and so you have these screens that are nice middle grounds, right? You have a laptop like this one before me. It's a nice middle ground. It's not huge, uh, but the pro- you know I run into e- problems when I'm editing videos, especially. When you edit videos, you need a lot of screen real estate. And uh, that that's certainly a limitation for this device. I, I miss i i miss plugging it into a big monitor and, and you know, using that. No, I still have one in there. Maybe I'll do it one day. But then you lose the portability. So it's this weird give and take type situation. But bigness matters. You know, smallness matters in some sense. But also bigness matters. So what is the place... For digital and all of this, so if you look at a guitar pedal board, for example, we have apps that allow you to make your own digital guitar pedal boards. And this is a good thing because if you're a beginner or if you are just noodling around in your room and you just want to plug your easeability, right? You just want to plug your guitar into your iPad, start pushing buttons with your finger on your iPad. It's also more customizable you can make your you can make your pedal your reverb pedal turn it from black to pokey dotted if you wanted to and it doesn't cost anybody anything it's easier to make way more customizable more dynamic in the sense that you can change what you're you can change the 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 thing in which you are interfacing with on the fly without having to like you if <laughs> if you took a reverb pedal for a guitar. And you said, I want to change that knob to mean something different. On on your computer, you just push a button and it switches. On that that knob, you're going to have to pull the knob out. Uh, or maybe you're cool with the knob, but you're going to have to paint a new n- name on the over the thing that says, you know, re- the reverb. And you're going to have to change the internals and plug this thing in over here. And uh, there's all sorts of... Uh, there's all sorts of awful things that you would have to take part in that are avoided by uh, using a digital space. So you have, you know, it's more customizable. It's also much cheaper. But, but, if you are on stage and you are performing a song, you do not want to go with the iPad version of your pedal board. You want a pe- th- something this long with seven pedals on it that you have... That, that you know are the right pedals for what you're trying to do in a live performance in a a pressured situation that you can stomp with your feet. You can go, that's the one I want, Poof, like that. <laughs> it's like buttons at a gas station. I love how huge they are. uh you The knobs, you bend down, turn the knob, right? You don't have to get your finger just in the right spot. A guitar is another example. You can play a guitar on your iPad. It's not going to sound the same, probably. And also... Uh, the guitar is a masterfully crafted device toward, to the dimensions of us as a human. If it's an acoustic guitar, you have the beautiful acoustic sound that is real and authentic. If it's an electric guitar, you're, you're, you're dealing no, not so much with the acoustics of it, but you're dealing with the way that it is laid out to, where, to, to, to make it much easier and much more dynamic to work with. You have space for your fingers and all of this, right? Strum. So, so if we go back to the value of the digital realm in terms of apps, I think that this is where the digital realm really sh- uh, shines, and you're able to actually make yourself more productive through customizability and and through the dynamicness of the the platform in which you create via code right so for example i came across a new app called darkroom and what well, new i've been i've had my eye on it but i just downloaded and bought all the pro features and i absolutely love this app because it's the closest thing i found to lightroom for photo editing on my phone it has is full featured which is a huge thing we did not have full featuredness in our photo editing apps uh, for a while, or it was hard to find, right? And Visco Cam has gotten very close to that, and it's a fantastic app. But Darkroom has met all of my needs, except for grain. They don't have grain, which is very frustrating to me. But you are able to, you have curves, you have the uh, sliders, you have presets that you, and you can actually make your own presets. You have. What was the last thing? Oh, yes. You can manipulate the individual color channels the hue saturation luminance of the individual color channels when you're editing which is huge for my process and i have not found that to work the way i want it to in any other app i tried out the one on ViscoCam, and it's not it doesn't have what i need it's not quite right with this one you can move the so for example i like to make my blues much more teal as opposed to so if you look at the sky Sky tends to be pretty indigo. I like to make it more teal. This also ties my Instagram account together. Well, my feed, and uh, and I wasn't able to do that on my phone until I came across this app, and it has legitimately made my photos better like that. This is fantastic. So I I love a well built app. I'm willing to pay for a well built app. I also bought a new. uh, Back to the physical realm, I bought a new tripod. And I've become uh, I've become a, quite a fan of Manfrotto. They make fantastic little tripods and big tripods. So I have a big tripod sitting over here. I have a little tripod which the camera is sitting on at the moment. And this little tripod is my newest tripod purchase, and I love it because it is it is well built, and it meets the need of being able to go into my pocket when I'm especially on photo walks. Right, I can put it in my pocket, go out and about and plop it on planters and benches and, and cars and people's faces and this sorts of things. And this is great. It's also well-built and it's easy to use. It's, it's a frictionless experience. A more frictionful experience is what most people do, which is get a GorillaPod, which works for many people. Everybody buys these things, they love them. I want to ask the question though, how many times have you wrapped your GorillaPod around the tree, which is one of the biggest features in the GorillaPod? I think I wrapped my GorillaPod around something maybe twice when I first got it. But I've never used it uh, tactically on a daily basis that way. I normally just need a tripod that is small and that I can plop on something and make sure that the head is level and and I'm all set. And this is what this tripod offers me. And I'll link below to this, by the way. So this tripod is also... Incredibly well built. You could you could attack somebody with this thing, and the build quality matters because it makes it uh, makes it well, harder to break for one, and it makes it operate better. The head doesn't break down when you spend a little bit of money for the for the tripod head, so that it it'll stay steady and hold a camera that's uh, that's you know bigger than a a grape on top of it, right? So what so what is the value of it's important to to pay for well-built apps when they come one to support the developers and two because you actually end up with a better experience than than uh, being cheap about it. It's important to pay for well-built instruments. Maybe like if you're a musician, for example, maybe you uh, maybe you hear the difference between the hundred dollar and the ten thousand dollar violin maybe the people who are listening may not consciously but they will subconsciously right it's important to pay for better build quality in your camera all of these things i think that there's a value societally for supporting well built and expensive things i do i i like that the app market has sort of been making a resurgence back from this this uh, land where everything was ninety nine cents because that was the that was the culture. Now we're starting to see more and more apps, productivity apps that are one subscription based, which I don't prefer personally, but I get it. And apps that produ- productivity. So if you look up Things on the iPhone, that is a ten dollar productivity app. It's one of the best apps out there. It's fantastic. I own that app. I don't own the other one on the Mac. That one is fifty dollars, and I—it's uh, a—it's a nice little nice little penny. But, and, and so a lot of people would go, "Why is it? I don't understand." Like that's a lot of that's because we've fallen into this world of expecting everything to be free, with ads, to ninety nine cents, right? But I love that we're turning back around. And, and and I love that we're charging sixty dollars for video games, because to me that means we as a society are are valuing the work that has been put into. Uh, so a video game takes takes an enormous amount of time and a lot of people to create, right? Uh, if you're an independent developer, you're working your your face off trying to create something that you feel good about. And so I love that we 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 as a society are valuing things for. Uh, for for what, for the time that has been put into them in a better way. So support, support your, uh, your local Congress. Okay, that's it for this one. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I hope you have a lovely day. Goodbye.